Welcome to It's New Orleans. This is our second show. Uh, this time we're live from the Collins Hotel on St. Charles Avenue in Uptown New Orleans. The theme music that you're hearing is being played by Mitch Foreman, who normally is the co-host on the show, but Mitch is on assignment today. However, he's not on assignment for us. He's in Canada working on a movie which we'll hear more about next time, apparently. It's some sort of an Indian movie about hockey playing in Canada with Bollywood music. And Mitch Foreman, of course, is a jazz uh, piano player, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. We'll find that out. We do, however, have a musical guest here with us today. Jack Locke is with us. Jack, without the C, just J-A-K. That's right. Is that uh, some sort of affectation, or did you lose the C in the war? I lost the C in the Vietnam War. In the Vietnam War? I wasn't even born then. You don't look old enough to have been in the Vietnam War. But but anyway, the C is missing. Uh, Do you do that to save ink? Uh, That helps. Yeah, okay. It's a nice perk. So, uh, Jack, I got your... um, I got your bio off uh, off the internet, which is you know pretty reliable. Albert, is that your sunglasses? Yeah, I dropped. You can pick them up. You don't need sunglasses no. at this time of the evening, but still. Only if you want to look cool. That's, yeah, well, that's sort of a rock, rock and roll affectation. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Because I'd hate, yeah, just, just leave I'd hate to stand we on We fully that. embrace pretension. So, uh, so oh, Jack, according man. to your bio, which you know, let me get too deep into right now, but it says that um, you have a, you know you're a singer songwriter. Of, which we know. You're also responsible for a band called Banjo. Yes. Which has all the letters in it, B-A-N-J-O. That's right. Which is an intentionally terrible grindcore metal punk band whose shows typically devolve into agitated chaos and it's violence. True. That is true. It's true. I have to own that. Okay, that's true. We'll get onto that in a minute. And also you're the, you're the guitarist and backup vocalist for a sex rock dance troupe. I don't know what the connection between sex and rock is I've never heard of anything like that before. <laughs> You'd have to see Ca- it, I guess. Called Sick Like Sinatra. Yes. So can you, you'll do some dance steps for us? Yeah, for, for everybody listening, they'll, they'll be able to hear me dance. Okay, that would be nice. And uh, you've brought your bass player, Albert Bertolino, with you. Albert, how long have you been with Jack without the scene? Um, I don't know how long I've been with you. Uh, since August. I August, yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's three or four days. Yeah, something right. like that. I don't know. I'm, metric, I'm, a, I'm going I'm a, metric. I'm a bass player. I don't know what's going on. You don't know anything? Yeah. Who's stupid? Are bass players or drummers? Bass players. Drummers. No. Oh, drummers. <laughs> they, at least they have to keep time. True. Well, yeah. you only have four strings to play yeah, that's at right. the bass, so it's not that so much. So you only got to play them once, one at a time, too. <laughs> really? That's true, I suppose. You don't uh, have I think Grant's onto something here. Yeah, you're, you're so anyway, uh, we're going to talk to Jack and Albert in a moment. Our other guests uh, joining us today is Graham DuPonte. Graham, welcome to It's New Orleans. Thanks so much for having me. Now, anyone who was listening to that was not expecting to hear a woman's voice after uh, I said right. the word Graham. Correct. Have you ever run into another woman called Graham? I saw a movie with a character, a female character named Graham, and it's called, the movie was But I'm a Cheerleader, and it's about <laughs> a girl whose parents are convinced that she's gay, so they send her to a uh, gay retreat, you know, gay uh, reversal camp, oh, and wow. she actually turns out to be gay, and she has an affair with her roommate. Wow. And her name is Graham. That, that's a good movie. Your parents didn't name you after that character, though. No, that was before my time. That was before the I movie. Was before, I was before its time. So yeah. they didn't, the movie didn't use you as an inspiration for the character either. There's no connection between mm, no, no connection. Scared Straight. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Well, they may very well have been in really? the courtroom uh, when the judge felt it necessary to point out on the record, make sure that the record would reflect that Graham is a woman. That, that happened in the courtroom from, from time to time. In Lake Charles, you were Louisiana. Really? Or Lake Charles, Louisiana, if you musical people would like to say it that way. And why would they feel important? <laughs> now, the person whose voice you're hearing is Kerry Cuchilla, who knows something about the law. He's been a lawyer for 30 years, and he's the director of the Capital Defense Project of Louisiana, which represents indigent people charged with first-degree murder. That's correct. So are you? if I'm a poor person, I have no money, and I kill someone, you're the guy to talk to. Unfortunately. 
for whom? Me or you? Well, for both of us. Really? Well, you're in trouble, and I've got to take <laughs> care of you. And I've already got you to rely and, well, on. No, I have to take yeah. care of you. Oh, you have to by law. That's my job. That's your job by law? Yes. Wow. So that's our collection of people here we've got hanging out at the bar today. There's other people here who are staying at the Collins Hotel who we might drag into the conversation later on. But for now, that's our, that's our sort of our, our hang for the next few minutes. So we're glad you're with us. I think probably the best thing uh, we can do before we get to it, we've got a lot to talk about today. One of the things I want to talk about was this whole WikiLeaks situation that's going on, and WikiLeaks versus HappyLeaks, which we can get onto in just a minute. But first of all, I thought it would be fun to start off with a song. All right. From you, Jack. Now, are we going to do a song that's intentionally terrible? No, no, this, this be... is not banjo. They, uh, they would not let us in if this was banjo <laughs> they over here. Okay. Banjo actually only performs once a year. And we missed last year, so we got to make up for it eventually. So today, We're about to miss this year, too, I think. What day does it perform? Which day? Uh, whenever we can con a bar into letting us destroy their stage, basically. Really? Yeah. You don't look like a violent guy, does he? I don't. Not at all. I well, like how playing would you with describe Jack? How would you describe what he looks like? Oh, oh here we Jack's go. Jack's got a, a fabulous widow's peak, uh, long, lush, dark hair. He's got lines around his eyes, laugh lines. He's obviously a very happy person. A little bit of a goatee thing going on. Not much lip hair. Very nice looking young man. He is. He looks a little bit like Thank Rudolph you. Valentino, don't you think? I don't know what Rudolph Rudolph Valentino, you don't know what no. that looks like? Look, well, he up. looks quite dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he plays for banjo. So you look, yeah. you look like a dead man. You don't look I like a dead man. Albert, you're not playing anything. You're just uh, here for the video. I don't know. Yeah. I'll play. What song you want to play? Uh, worse. We'll do play worse. That one. You go ahead and play that one. Okay. I've only, I've only played that yeah, once. Yeah, because you don't know it. That's I don't why. know it. <laughs> I can't believe you bring a guy to a gig who doesn't know the songs. Okay, Mitch, do we need to do anything with the microphones here, or are we good to go? I need to turn my microphone around. Okay, this is Jack Locke without the C. Well, the Locke has a C in it, but the Jack doesn't. That's right. And the song is called Worse. Worse. Brand new. Nobody's ever heard this one yet. importance they've been assigned and really it's very few ideas that are really new and most of your ideals and even what you do came from someone else's mind meaning nobody's unique meaning the meaning that you seek is finding the repetition you can swallow and you'll find that there's nothing else to find beyond saying why should I listen to you when it's the same as listening to me And you really better hope That it's all in your hands Cause I find a bit of flavor in the words you just said And your friends don't age like wine They age more like bread So when you said I'd be better off dead Like you're the first But what's worse from where you're at it gets even worse than that It's good to be a parrot I can fly so high and free I speak everyone else's mind And none argue with me You see, 
I see the way to be To make the others call us we Is wear one mask for the mission And the other for the plot It's clearly not what you might have thought That's what we said even as we fought Top down and bottom up Until it's all gone And all the pawns who resent The new dawn Even if they're right and it's really wrong It doesn't matter We can just kill them all later on And you really better hope That it's all in your head Because you find a bit of flavor in the words you just said And your ideas don't eat like wine They eat more like bread So when you said things should be this way instead Like you're the first, well what's worse from where you're at? It gets even worse than that. I figured it out. It's all in my head. So of course it don't offend me whatever you had said And my friends don't age like wine and they don't age like bread Cause like I said, they're all in my head Like I'm the first, well what's worse if that's so Then my imagination Okay, what the, what can you say after that song? Jack, are you kidding? Am I kidding? Yeah. Is that just like being clever, or are you serious? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what keeps... I, songs like that have got me thrown out of so many venues. It, <laughs> really? It's hilarious. Yeah, between Covington and Mobile, Alabama. And Thank you, Covington. Texas, what, what Oklahoma. Do, what are they... It's the lyrics that get you thrown yeah, out. Yeah, it's the not, lyrics, yeah. Not, uh, not the volume. Right, no. <laughs> What what was, was it too loud? What, it no, 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 no. <laughs> what was it about the um, what is it about the lyrics that scares people? I don't know. I, I've tried to understand it. It's like I'll do a show with a with a band like Banjo, where it's just completely over the top, and I'm just insulting and cursing out everybody, and people love it. You know, they'll come to it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, tell me how fat I am," or whatever. You know, it's great, it's great. And I go and I sing these really sardonic, overly you know, over the top, cynical songs, and people just don't seem to get that it's. You know, I'm just having fun. With, well, that's with what we words. are getting. Uh, that's what we're trying to get at. It is just fun. You're just being clever. You're just a very intelligent guy who's good with words. Well, and I you appreciate that. You don't mean right. that uh, you're better off dead. Right. No. It's, Absolutely or, not. You better hope that it's all in your head. Right. Because you'd be better off dead. It only gets I think worse. there's a little bit of truth in, uh, in the bitterness there. But it's not, you know, it's, it's funny because people seem to think that, you know, I'm just this... I don't actually. I don't know what they think. I don't what know what the hell. What would you What would you do if you really knew what people thought about you? They'd I don't know. I I probably uh, sing sardonic songs. Right, pretty much. Probably just do exactly what I'm already doing. Wow. Well, we'll, have, we'll hear some uh, some more from you in a minute, Jack, and maybe Albert can be convinced yeah, to actually play I'll, a song I'll, I'll that he knows. It would be good as well. That would be nice. So talking of <laughs> talking of better off dead, Carrie, what a segue yeah, to a guy a who spends his life defending people who have allegedly killed other people. Well, and some people think they'd be better off dead, but we don't. 
What, so how would I find you? If I go out right now, say, and I kill somebody, and how, how much money do I have to not have for you to defend me? Well, that's a determination <laughs> that the court makes. Uh, and you would tell the court that you could not afford a lawyer, and the court would may ask the questions. And if they're satisfied that you could not afford to hire an attorney, then they would refer you to us. But how do they decide that? I say that I've got, you know, I, what, I have to make so much money a year, or I have a... I don't I declare so much on my taxes. How does a court decide? There's not an actual number? There is not, and there is no set format for doing it. Most judges make up their own way of doing it. That's strange, isn't it? So could not I, in New Orleans. <laughs> so the, what is a term? I mean, most terms in law have a meaning, right? There's a definition of everything. That's how the law basically works, and it's interpreted. But what does the word indigent mean in law, then? Indigent means that you cannot afford to pay your bills. If the, law, if the judge says so. Correct. Okay. So the judge can decide. Suppose it was this guy, Judge Porteous, who was just kicked off the bench forever yesterday. Could he make a decision that O.J. Simpson was indigent? Well, I don't know. I can't even say that. You mean if the case were in front of him? Not anymore. Yeah. No, but if I mean some, so some judge could just decide, okay, so, so I've killed somebody. And I go and I'm charged with murder, or I haven't necessarily killed them, but I've been alleged well, to have killed them. How many people have listened to this show? Probably about three, so all breathing still. No, no that's what I thought. Who knows? Yeah. So I mean, I could have unintentionally killed them. Well, that wouldn't be murder, though, right? No. So I have to be charged with murder, and then a judge has to say, "Well, luckily you don't have enough money." They have to be to charged pay. with first-degree murder. With first-degree murder, which is intentional. Well, it is intentional, but it also has to have another component. Uh, for example, being done during the commission of an armed robbery or killing a police officer intentionally. If I kill somebody in the commission, if I kill someone in the commission of an armed robbery, then it's first degree murder. Graham, you're welcome to join in on this. I forgot to introduce you in the talking about, you know, lesbians called Graham in movies. So I should tell anyone uh, here who was wondering who we're talking to, Graham is a, a consumer retail senior reporter, a journalist who specializes in cruise lines, gaming equipment, golf, organic milk, and orange juice. Don't forget personal care products. And personal care products. What is that? Tampons? I actually did a report on a, a condom that was marketed to women. It was, it was a condom for men, but it was, um, it, was, it was in the femcare aisle because the concept was women make most of the reproductive decisions. Um, and the question was, is it really doing that well in the femcare aisle? And the answer was no. So women don't like to buy condoms is what you discovered. So that's, that's what you do for a living. But you used to be a criminal defense. I mean, uh, you used to be a defend people who had killed people as well. So you, I used to work for Carrie. You used to work for Carrie. Okay. And you got out and now you're into orange juice and personal care products. Awesome. It's, it's really mostly cruise lines and, and gaming right. equipment. Well, but we'll get onto that in a minute. But let's get back to... So what I'm saying is, anyway, weigh in on the subject of, of indigent defense if you... If you can remember anything about it. I, I have some... Con Carrie is who I learned everything from, so I just as soon have him talk about it. Okay, Carrie, let's go back to where we were then. I've killed I'll, someone... I want to go back to the personal care products. Well, we'll get back to female <laughs> condoms in a minute. Yeah, I didn't know about those. But there's plenty of time for that. But the t So I've killed somebody, and I, and I come to you. I, I get sent to you by a judge who says that I don't have enough money. You do know you won't be walking around. Your family will have to do that. Oh, okay. So I'll be, I'm locked up. Yes, you are. I can't get any sort of bail. No. If I've allegedly killed somebody in the commission of an armed robbery or it's a policeman. Correct. Which is the only definition of first-degree murder. Well, no, there's a, there's a number of definitions. Oh. First-degree murder has to be an intentional killing, and then you also have to have an added element, which in Louisiana is called an aggravating circumstance. And there are a long list of them, and I just gave you a very short okay. example. Okay, so how do you... 
when you when someone comes to you and they suggest, I mean, they're referred to you, they're sent to you by the state, by the court, and you have to defend them. Provided that I that I don't have some type of conflict, and sometimes that happens. What would the conflict be? You were married to the person they killed, or something? Well, like? that's possibly, but it, conflicts. I may have represented someone who's going to be a witness against them. Okay. Uh, sometimes you have more than one person charged in the same offense. You can only represent one of them because you owe each of them your best effort, and sometimes right. they spread okay. different ways, so you only take on one. So, so you have one person, that you de- so you're defending one person against the charge of intentionally killing somebody? Yes. And do you have to believe that they're innocent? Does who have to believe? You, as their attorney. Well, you know, that's really the essence of the criminal justice question. The real question in the criminal justice system, and the real question that is being asked at a trial, is has the state proven beyond a reasonable doubt that the person committed the crime? And that's really where the dispute is. So what Mm. I have to believe and what I have to speak about is the quality of the state's evidence and to see whether or not that evidence is sufficient to prove to the jury, each and every one of them, by the way, in a capital case, that the person is guilty of the crime. So my personal beliefs are not relevant. You don't have to be concerned with that I walk in there and I've got blood on my hands and I've obviously did it. You're still going to try and, and convince the jury that there's not enough evidence against me. It's not my trying to convince the jury of anything. It's me putting the state's evidence to a test. Right. We can't have the state simply saying, well, Grant committed a first-degree murder, let's kill him. Well, that, I, has that would to be, be okay a, with lots of people. What, yeah, those three what people about, will listen to the show. The guy, here's the case that always interests me. The guy on the Long Island Railroad, was a few years ago, stood up on the Long Island Railroad and in a train car, you know, filled with people on the way home on Long Island, in Long Island in New York, and he shot people. Shot about 10, killed 10 or 12 people. Fun of profit. For, for fun of profit. I think he was crazy. Well, I think <laughs> yeah. it turned That's out. That's an interesting point. It turned out that he really was crazy because he defended himself. But the interesting thing to me was that, that this came to court. There's a, here's a guy in, a, in a, a closed train like this, like we're sitting here in a booth in a bar, and I get up and shoot everybody. In 10, I mean, in this case, 25, 30, 50 people saw the guy shoot someone, and he still could plead not guilty. How is that possible? Well, the law allows you to plead not guilty. Or guilty. Right, but you have to then go to work and defend somebody who's plainly ridiculously guilty. Well, let me, no, I would disagree with you. He's not plainly ridiculously guilty. Probably what happened there is he entered a plea, it's called a dual plea, of not right. guilty and not guilty by reason of insanity. So that you're not saying, on one hand, where not guilty may be interpreted as saying he did not do the deed, not guilty by reason of insanity could be interpreted as saying, yes, I may have done the deed. But at the time that I did it, I did not have the required mental capacity to understand what I was doing and distinguish right from wrong. And therefore, although I did the deed, I am not guilty. And it really sounds like you said the guy was found to be crazy. That's probably what happened in that case. Right. Okay. So I would love to have you as my attorney because that's pretty convincing that you can actually almost make me see the sense and still having a trial for a guy who stood up on the Long Island Railroad and killed tw- 10 people in front of 55 or f- 60 witnesses. Well, what would you do with him? I would shoot him in the head, right? Wait, if, if you were one of the people? No, if I was the court. If, it was the just, if there was a really just justice system, that's just a complete waste, in my opinion, that is just a complete waste of time and money having a trial for a guy that 60 people saw shoot but who's 10 gonna, people. But who's going to make the decision that those 60 people are in fact telling the truth and are reliable enough for you, a caring human being, 
need a very kind person to take the life <laughs> of someone who you don't know and did not see. That's what the trial is all about. It's the quality right. of the evidence that counts, and that's why that evidence has to be tested. We're not simply okay. going to let a totalitarian system or some judge or individual like a district attorney make a decision, that person's guilty, let's go execute him. Okay. Or put him in prison. Well, I suppose that makes a certain amount of sense, doesn't We it? are the bulwark of freedom and, and have justice. You, have, you ever, have you got people off who you know are guilty? Well, the things that I know about my client for the most part are privileged and secret. Well, but we've had verdict. We've had not guilty verdicts, and one of my colleagues just had a not guilty verdict in Shreveport uh, the other day after a nine-day trial. Congratulations, I suppose. Yeah. So, so you know probably that people you've got people off because you're a good attorney and you've tried the state's evidence and the state's evidence has been found wanting, and the guy walks out of court and he probably actually has killed somebody. Uh, no, it's really not my, um, it's not my doing. It's the quality of the state's evidence yeah, that counts. I know that, but I'm and saying you probably know as a person, it. you know this guy probably did it, but the evidence was wanting in some way, then you're a good attorney and you got him off. But we're talking about law, correct? Mm, yeah, okay. And the law says that you're not guilty right. unless the evidence yeah, yeah, yeah. is I'm not, full. I'm not, arguing so about not the I'm not arguing about the process, or I'm not saying you're guilty of getting guilty people to walk out of a courtroom, but that does happen. Well, do guilty people walk out of courtrooms? <laughs> I would suppose so. Right. There are, then there are innocent people who go to jail. Right. That's true. We are not a perfect system, but we try as best we can to right. make it. And what do you do when, you've, when you know that you've done that? Do you start drinking? No. D Diet Coke. Diet Co I see you're on <laughs> Diet Coke here. Graham, however, is, on, is drinking wine. So, Graham, Graham, why did you get out of doing that for a living? Did you hear what he just said? <laughs> yeah. Actually, she was a, Graham is a wonderful trial attorney, and I'm going to say had the misfortune of working with me for a number of years and, and then had what, some good sense, I have to get away. That's what put her off the law, was working with you? I think so. No, absolutely not at all. What, um, what made you get out? You know, I just had done it for a long time. I always thought that uh, I... I wasn't really born to be a lawyer. I think I was a pretty good lawyer, but I don't really think that it was my, who I was. And um, I just wanted to do something different. After the storm, kind of reinvented myself after the storm. Um, and I was really, really fortunate to find a really interesting job. I ran into somebody who had a cool job, and she told me about it. And it was like cocktail party conversation. You learn a lot. Um, I actually analyze the, the business end of it. I analyze stocks for people who invest in publicly traded companies. So uh, I'm, I'm... Hang on. Who doesn't invest in publicly traded companies? Everybody who invests is invested in a publicly traded company. Well, some people invest in government bonds only okay. or, or municipal bonds. But or, when you say people, you're talking about private investors? I'm talking about hedge fund managers. I'm talking okay. about banks. I'm talking about people who... I'm talking about um, high-level investors. Money. Right, right. So someone with a huge amount of money, like a hedge fund manager. Someone who's managing a, a large amount of money, right? How, what, why do they trust you? Well, I work for... I, I, I'm not going to go into the details of my company, of who they are and, and that kind of stuff, but I will tell you they're... Carrie, can you get it out of her? Well, I know things that I'll never tell you, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell us who you work for. That's okay. I don't mind. And, you know what? It's, it's only because it's really not relevant to, to this discussion. It's really... Okay. Um, but I, I, I can tell you what I do, which okay. is uh, I, I am a marketplace researcher. So in, a, in other words, if I am uh, analyzing stocks for Royal Caribbean Carnival Cruise Lines, those are the two publicly traded cruise lines currently, I don't go and talk to them. I go talk to the people who sell them. 
because I feel like that's where I'm going to get my best research. That's where what, I'm going to get my best to, information. What are you trying to find out? I'm trying to find out if there are any holes. In, so, so what investors are looking for is when the companies report their earnings every quarter, that's going to move the stock. If we can get in before the earnings report, we can act on what the, what the earnings are going to be before the stock moves. So we can get in there and make some good deals. Okay, so you're sort of like a legitimate insider trading type. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. That Thank is, you. I am not an insider. That the, we, we've Obviously, this is a big hot topic uh, over the past few weeks. And um, analysts are the subject of these investigations right now. These investigations Which in New investigations? York, there are some big investigations of, of analyst firms right now in New York. Hedge funds, but also the analysts that they rely on. Uh, our firm is not being investigated. And the reason I think we're so above the fray is that we don't talk to management. And for example, if I talk to someone who is the head of a cruise a consortium, a, a group of travel agents who tries to uh, uh, promote the, the travel agent community and they're kind of like a they're kind of like an agent sort of for other travel agents um, if they tell me that they were at a meeting with some uh, staff or some big wigs at Royal Caribbean and they give me some information I cannot publicize that information that can't go in my report because that would be insider information so you have to not do your job no actually Probably. if I did my job if I, if I publish that people would go to jail so I'm actually doing my job I'm protecting hedge fund managers from being on the inside of insider trading. It's kind of... You're on the outside of insider trading. So you can find out something about the cruise line industry at a cocktail party because who knew that travel agents have agents? I didn't even know that. Is that, is that right? Is that what you're saying? It is, but, it's a, it's a, an industry group. It's an industry okay, so one, group. Okay, so one of these agents for travel agents tells you something in the course of conversation. You can't tell the person who's paying you to do research into the subject this and therefore they can't figure that into their uh, thing. And, uh, and because of that, and because of that, that you, the information that you're giving them, they can't act on, and you have to sit back and watch people lose a huge amount of money. No, there's so much more information that I get, but what I do have to do is make sure that information that would be damaging is kept out of Secret. the press. Right? Secret. That's right. Confidential. Yes. So. What's, what, what happens to somebody who, who takes information like you, like you have, and because they, they're a journalist, like you're a journalist, right? You call yourself a journalist. You would think you would be doing something good for the world by, by letting people know about that, by breaking somebody's confidentiality for the greater good, wouldn't you? I think that there are, are circumstances. I'm not, I'm not that kind of journalist, but in, in terms of the work that I do, I think that, uh, no, that's not necessarily for the greater good. I think that, that advocating, acting on insider trading is not for the greater good, but I definitely think there are situations where uh, confidential information probably should be revealed. What about in the case of WikiLeaks that's going on right, right now with this right. Australian guy, Julian right. Assange, who's now in, in jail in yeah. England? Well, I'm sure, Kerry, you could get him out, but but what well, let me what's what's the what's the lawyer's position? Well, you're a report, you're a journalist and a lawyer, and you're a lawyer, Kerry. What what are you, what's yours position on on whether what this guy's doing? Is he doing something great for society, in your opinion, Graham, or is he a criminal? My opinion as a citizen, my opinion as a journalist. Um, Which I, one do you want to start with? Well, Alphabetical citizen first. All right, I, you know I. 
You know, that's tough. I really, it really is. It's tough, and it's tough as a journalist, too, because I feel like in an open society or in a democracy, there needs to be as much openness as possible. You don't, you, you just, that's, that's what we're built on. That's the foundation of our, of our government. It's the foundation of our foundation. That's, you know, how we were, that's what we are as a country, what we, what our, our mission statement sort of is. And I think the more... Well, this is not about our country. This is about the world. This is international relations. This is State Department cables that but disguise. But in the world, we can only act as our country. We can only act in the world through the lens of, or, or, or through the focus Okay, of so what are you saying? You're in favor of this, all this stuff being made public? Having said what I just said, I would also say there's got to be some caution exercised. If, and, I, and I, you know, the one thing that I'll say that I don't think has been said enough is that um, WikiLeaks did go to the Pentagon and they did ask for some vetting. They asked for some filtering and they didn't get that. And I think it, you know, I think when, when you're, when they, the, the reports are that they tried to act in good faith. They tried not to release what was uh, necessarily damaging and didn't get any help. So, you know, I think there's so much of a balance to strike. And I guess, you know, the bottom line is when you come down to not having any help with your balance, you do what you feel like you need to do, and that's what they did. Right. So you're in favor of, of openness and transparency. So you're basically pro-WikiLeaks in that sense. You know, I think if you asked me to come down on one side or the other, yeah. I'd come down on pro, yeah. Okay, so here's my challenge to you then, which we started here at It's New Orleans a few days ago. In fact, we're on day three, I think we're day four of it now as we, as we sit here um, recording the show and, and broadcasting it, is we started a, um, an, a page on the web called Happy Leaks. And Happy Leaks is, exists for people who believe in complete transparency and openness and the challenge is, if you will send us your last six months email, we'll publish it in its entirety, unedited, on Happy Leaks, which is a page on our It's New Orleans site. You can go to it right now if you're listening to this. It's itsneworleans.com slash happyleaks, and you'll see all the people who have sent us their last six months emails. And how many do you think there are? Um, in the last six months, yeah. I would say maybe... No, we've only had it up there for three days. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, asking oh, for oh, people oh, to send oh. this. I'm asking people who believe in WikiLeaks to send oh. it. Carrie, was, you can weigh in. One, Ray Nagin. Ray Nagin. <laughs> no, anyone want to take a guess at how many people have sent in their last six months email? And I might say, as a, uh, as a piece of information, WikiLeaks, this is on Facebook we started this, WikiLeaks page on Facebook has a million supporters. And so... and. So out of there's a million people. Every time WikiLeaks puts some, posts something, we put this message on as a comment on their site, on their comments. And so we've uh, I don't know how many people have seen it, but probably at least a hundred thousand people have seen these challenges over the last three days. Guys, you want to weigh in? Sure. Jack, uh, how many people? I want to say that if I uh, had sent my six months last six months worth of emails, uh, it'd be a good bedtime story. It's mostly. Uh, Hey, we're available this weekend to perform at your venue, and so forth. But as far as uh, how many people have sent in, I have no idea how many. Zero. Zero. No, we don't have any. Nobody, none of these people who believe like you, Graham, who believe in complete openness and transparency, although you do say there's some sort of caveat. Well, and I also it. said that I believe in it. I believe in that for government. I believe in privacy for individuals. I believe in openness for government. I think there's a big difference, and I think that. Don't you think you're presumed to have the right of confidentiality if you're going to write a cable to somebody or an email to somebody, no matter who not you're working work. for? Not at work. Absolutely not. Not at work. Well, what's no. the difference between a person who's working for the State Department and a person who's working for a hedge fund manager, like you? 
I'm not sure I understand the question. I, the question I think is, if my emails to the hedge fund manager are public. Anybody, public? Anybody can see this. Really? So you, yeah, file, file uh, a subpoena, and you're going to get my emails to the hedge fund people. Absolutely. If oh, you're, if you're, if, because they're, if you have a reason to have them, if you have a reason to see them, um, you're going to be able to see them. What would my reason be? Well, if you're alleging insider trading, not you particularly. Well, I, I'm not going to do that because well, I don't. Of course you're not. What if I'm, but you know, what if I murdered somebody what or, if, what if you, or was a cop? What if you had your money in with this hedge, this hedge fund, and you were alleging some kind of mismanagement, some kind of incompetence on the part of the hedge fund, and you wanted to know what information they might have gotten from me that perhaps they didn't act on. You would be entitled to some information, and yeah. anything that I send okay. a hedge fund manager, I've got to believe it's going to be looked at by somebody someday. Wow. So you are accountable. Wouldn't we have that same thing if, if, if something was wrong with the U.S. government, someone would have to, uh, well, microphone, <laughs> they're, le they're leaning me into it now. You know, if you had, if we had a reasonable doubt that the government did anything bad, wouldn't those documents be declassified in some sort of, you know, military tribunal or court case? No, the government's yeah. actually immune from prosecution. Yeah. So the only way to get, the only way for the government to be accountable is for the government to act openly. Yeah. I think something that's fairly interesting about the whole thing is how uh, news organizations in particular are focusing on Julian Assange as if he is the only person involved with uh, collecting these documents. It's in a worldwide effort, as far as I can understand. People just submit this well, stuff. We had a, we there had is a, a vetting process a, that he goes we through. We had a GI that, that leaked a lot of stuff to him, and he's right. he's undergoing trial soon, isn't he? Um, well, I don't think I don't know that they've actually identified the. I mean, they have well, a, they have a suspect. They have a suspect. And, sure, sure, yeah. sure. And so, and the thing, the really interesting thing, Jack, what you just well, said. He's been dealt with, hasn't he? Oh, he has he's not going, been he's going to. He's going to go through a tribunal or a trial. I don't even it? remember his name. I, I want to say. Well, see, that's Manning. The, that's, it's that's, Manning, and the reason I remember is why we would all remember yeah. the name Manning. Brad Manning, right? And so he has been identified but not charged, I don't believe. I thought he admitted it, this guy, man. He's a private he, in the Army, right? He may have admitted it, well, but and, I don't believe that char charges may have been filed, but nothing's actually been done well, with Well, in that case, yet. the U.S. government's, I, you know, part is over. We figured out who in our government has done it, and now we have to just kind of... I guess you can get them on espionage or so, what? Well, that's, that's the one you figured out. Yeah, yeah, the one that's, that's made himself out, yeah. known. Yeah, there's plenty others. Well, I mean, yeah. Certain, and he's, you know, not, uh, well, he's an Australian citizen, the, uh, the uh, Julian guy. Julian. Yeah. Right, but he's really completely apocryphal to the whole yeah, thing. You know, it's, it's going to keep going on regardless, and I think it's hilarious that conservative news organizations are kind of celebrating at this uh, arrest in uh, Europe, even though it's for completely different charges. Her broken uh, condom. Right, yeah, exactly. And uh, Back to the condom aisle. Is that what it is? Completely Clearly, full circle. Is that yeah. what he's being charged with, because he, he wore a condom that broke? Uh, or it didn't. Do, a Swedish do, woman, do, I think? Yeah. Do we know the manufacturer of the condom? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure he... I, it I, was I, me. Yeah. I made it. <laughs> it's a side business. Business is slow in the music industry right now. Jack Locke's condoms. That's it. Sex is good. Trust me. Jack Locke's just, just trust me. Buy the new mesh model. <laughs> Very sardonic. It's, it's the S&M &S com, uh, condom. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a mesh so he's, so, so he's in jail. Because, I mean, that's an alleged rape or something, I believe, was the right. charge. Well, rape well, in Sweden apparently is very broad, and so he's charged with having well, having consensual sex with someone, but not wearing a condom. I think, and but after the consensual sex, I think that she was asleep and woke up, and they were having sex without a condom. I mean, I think that's what happened. So. Wow. Okay, that's more than I know about it. That's interesting.
Does it? Do you believe it's true, or is it trumped oh, up? Knows. Is it trumped up charges to get this guy off? Uh, nobody knows. But yeah. you're saying, what does it matter? Because it's what does it go matter? On yeah, he's just a figurehead. It's completely right. irrelevant. You know, who has him if he's in custody for what? Because uh, you know, if there's an issue at all, depending on what side of the fence of it you're on. Um, it doesn't matter because it's still going on as you speak, you know. So it's not going to stop even if they, even if they kill us. Oh, no, it's, it's the internet. Good luck trying to stop the internet. But someone actually stole these things out of, from the Defense Department. This guy Manning actually went into the Defense Department because the, all these documents reside in the Defense Department computers, right? Apparently like with a thumb drive or something. Or no, with a CD that, well, was, that was labeled Lady Gaga, right? Yeah, it had a yeah. Lady Gaga last right. night. Yes, right. Yes, you're right. tech spy thing going on here. It's like a James Bond movie. So the guy, the guy <laughs> had some sort of security people. clearance and he got into the Defense Department legitimately and he stole the stuff and walked out with it. Where's the next stuff going to come from? Who knows? So this has, Tune in and see, I guess. So it's not this guy Julian Assange that's doing it, he's just motivating people. Right, well, yeah, he, he started the site, he publicized the site, but his work was done years ago with that. You know, this has been going on for, I think, what was the last big thing with that, uh, Sarah Palin's email or something? Is that, or is was that, that perpetrated well? by the anonymous group? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't recall. Who was that? There was a, there was a leak uh, dump or whatever you want to call it. That was WikiLeaks? Yeah, that was WikiLeaks yeah. about, uh, not... Two not years her, ago during uh, the campaign, no, it was sure. like It was like six months ago or three months ago really? about, about some military stuff. Oh, that was something but it else. Was, I was no, talking about the Palin I didn't think stuff. it'd have anything with any politicians, so nobody really cared. Right. So... You know, this has got you, Hillary Clinton in it, so you know Hillary Clinton's probably pissed off about it. Does it? Um, is it? Is there a segue? Is there a segue to a song in this? Uh, sure. Good luck. <laughs> That's the next one. <laughs> what? Um, what well, you I mean the, the wiki, the the espionage or secret papers part of the prosecution, or the Swedish part of the prosecution? The Swedish part would probably be you more must inspiring. Remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. That's not even nice for So he better be careful what he's doing. That's what he didn't. Obviously, As he didn't time remember. goes by, right? You know, yeah. Well, it's it's okay at first, shoots. but the second part was the bad part. Okay, I have to turn my microphone around, according to Tanya, because Jack is going to play. And Albert, what are we? Uh, what are we listening to this time? Uh, this one's called Good Luck. It is called Good Luck. It is excellent. Jack Locke and Albert Bertolini. Bertolini. Yes.
just let down for a blank in the gills In the drowsy afternoon Apathy's all that's clear Beautiful and rusty Leaning on the wall Get closer to the truth And then to nothing at all She's a total homegrown angel Just a It's powerfully mundane Never mind, don't rewind It's completely the same She's a total unruled angel A freedom from the homeless She's a self-inflicted letdown In the bed of broken glass She's a total unruled angel Passion, suicide She's a tragic ending seeker She will not be the bar here at the Collins Hotel, listening to that very, very nice. What was the song called? Uh, Good Luck. Good Luck. And is that about anybody? No, no. It's actually uh, my love song to my music career. And how's it going, your music career? Uh, it's, it's hit or miss, like any other career, really. <laughs> Where are we at the moment? Do you have a hit? Uh, in my own mind, I have lots of hits, but no, no, nothing, uh, nothing on any kind of popular radio station or anything at the moment. Right. What would be the definition of a success in Europe? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I'm happy, so I feel like I guess I'm a success then. Are you paying the bills? Uh, more or less. Yeah? <laughs> more or less? Is that more than uh, most people can say, probably? Pretty much, yeah. I wonder if you're indigent. Would... Uh do you think that... I should uh, probably get Jack your card, yeah. I'll volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Jack. What do you think and of... Albert. What do you hey. think of Jack and Albert's music, you oh, guys? I think it's yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Thank you very much. I noticed that you were reading while he was uh, playing. Who told you that? something to drink, please? Yeah, would you guys like something to drink? I'm fine. What's, what's your name? Shanti. Shanti? Yes. Wow, what a great <laughs> name. That is a nice name. You all like a drink? Uh, I'm still nursing my water. You still got yours? Yeah, Albert, you like anything? Coke. Coke. I can't find it. 
It's five o'clock. Oh, what, do you have, you have woodchucks? No. Oh, uh, name another Coke then. What, what are you looking to drink? Woodchuck? Woodchuck? Cider? Apple cider, yeah. But you can only drink Woodchuck apple cider at 5 p.m. or later. I just wonder what time it was. I don't want to seem like a drunk. You don't want to look like <laughs> you're drunk in the middle yeah. of the day. Okay. Yeah, it's just me. Well, it's not really 5 o'clock, yeah. I don't think, actually. Some rock star you are. Yeah, yeah, what kind of rock and roll guy is that? <laughs> a very lame one. Graham, what are you drinking? The at least you drink, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are you drinking, Graham? Just a Coke. Uh, just, can I say it on the air? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little Chardonnay. Chardonnay is fine. I think as long as you're not allowed to say the name of the company that makes it. I can totally say the name of the company that makes it. Who makes the Chardonnay? <laughs> Kendall Jackson. Okay. Kendall, ja- Kendall Jackson. So, so when Jack and, and Albert were playing that, that I noticed that uh, that you were reading something over here, you two. Who told what, you what, you are, what are you reading? reading? Don't ask me. I don't have my glasses. What, <laughs> <laughs> what is Wait, it? We can't read. Okay, That's nothing kind of exciting. I thought it, made, it looks good, though. Yeah. It looks good. So you guys like this, this kind of music. What, what sort of music do you listen to, you two, when you're relaxing? After not divulging the truth about the cruise line oh, or saving everything. the life. You know, oh, I've got a story. Yes. Miles Davis's Kind of Blue was released on my birthday. Not just on the date of my birthday, but the, but actual, the actual day, day, day that I was born. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Do you Please think don't that do the math on the air. I don't even know when Miles Davis... Isn't that nice? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty. That's a pretty good sign, I suppose. And we kind of talked about we were not going to mention any number of years. Right. That's what. Oh, I just we weren't. Did. We weren't supposed to say anything. She about did it herself. So she's, you know, blowing it yourself. Now. I'm going gonna, gonna to tell you a secret now. Okay. Musical secret. Graham, who is not a man. Yes. Great grandfather. Oh yeah. No. Four greats. Four great grandfathers. That's not a secret. Four great grandfathers ago. Was the. Go ahead. No, you do it. Librettist for Mozart. Mozart. Oh, what? Wow. Right. He, she, You're he related wrote to him. A famous <laughs> opera. He wrote the uh, Marriage of Figaro. Magic flute. Don Gio- the Marriage of Figaro. The Marriage of Figaro. Don Giovanni, what? and Lacosi Fantuti. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it's pretty hard to top that, isn't it, you guys? Do you know, I I'm went to, I went to my first opera like five years ago. <laughs> That's terrible. Do you think it's? Um, it's handed down from generation to generation. You have any? Clearly you have any no. talent as I mean, a lyricist? Uh, Librettist? No, 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 no. I write though. I do write, right? Right. Yeah, I'm a writer. writer. Yeah. Maybe. Do you have any lyrics stashed in the poetry? I wrote a haiku a year, a, a haiku a day for a year. A haiku a day for a year. I don't even quite you know what. You should do a, a show haiku. on that. I don't quite know what a haiku is, to be honest with you. It's a very short Japanese poem. And how many syllables does it have? Seventeen. Seventeen. Do you remember a good one? Yes, 17. Uh, yes, I do. It's about my dog, Lola. Lola the dog. Right. Okay. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. It goes, uh, black eye... No. Oh, you know, I can't remember. <laughs> Where is so that much line? That yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, I got it. I've got to count, though. Can I count? So, black eyes bright, ears caught, prancing in circles, Lola dances for dinner. Hey, that's nice. There you go. I think that's worth... Yeah. Could you... Uh, so we need is another like ten of those and make it very bitter and cynical. And Jack has a song. There we go. We'll work on it. All right. You do have a dollar. I'll split the royalties with you. You'll get ten cents. <laughs> do you make any no, money from the your four times great grandfather who wrote the Marriage oh, of Figaro? Oh, no, and no, no, no. And in fact, I have to pay for opera tickets, so no. It doesn't get you anything. It doesn't get me anything. What was his name? Lorenzo de Ponte. Lorenzo de Ponte. Wow. How did you get to America? How did I get to America? Yeah. How did they, How did? 
I was born at Baptist Hospital in yeah, Knoxville, but you think, Tennessee. You think, I mean, the family, you think if they're doing that well, he's the, you know, Mozart's the breadest. Oh, he, he, wouldn't died a very, he died a very poor man. He, he did. Got, he actually got chased out of, he had lots, many affairs. He was chased out of um, Austria uh, in the, like, the middle of the night by some jealous husband. Wow. Well, that's, so, that's the myth. That's the family myth. And where did he go to? New York. He was he taught at oh. Columbia University. So he so your your great 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 grandfather, who was Mozart's librettist, taught at New York University. That's so he's the guy who at emigrated. Columbia. At Columbia. He's the guy who emigrated. Yes. Okay. So why why would you leave? Why would you leave um, if you if you're so successful? Because you're going to get killed if you stay. Just because of some sort of jealous boyfriend, you couldn't afford like an attorney like Harrington. To hook yeah, you up? I thought it was a long time ago. I don't know what the deal was there. I think they were just pretty much shot on sight. Now, see, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> no, that's, 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 where I, that's where I come back in here. When everyone was armed with their own bodkins. What is a bodkin? It's a very dangerous thing to be dallying. What is a bodkin? Is that some sort did. of like a... A bear bodkin? What's a bodkin? Is that, mm. a, is that a, like an underpants? It could be, huh? I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was like... Is that bodice? Knife. It's a knife. Wow, so anyway, so the guy came, what was his name, Lorenzo? <laughs> Lorenzo de Ponte came from Italy to New York. And he, he was Mozart's librettist and ended up teaching. I wonder who he taught. I wonder he if he did. taught anybody who well, became he taught Italian. He taught Italian language. Um, right. he, Do you speak Italian? I wish. No, don't speak Italian. Keep thinking I'm going to take Italian. Well, you still can. It's not too late. No, I know. I'm, I just, I'm going to do it. Someday. Right, okay. Yeah, right. So, you guys... What's going on with, um, with all this various stuff? I want to just before, because we can't stay here forever. We're, if you're wondering where we are, if you're just uh, sort of tuning this in, we're at the Collins Hotel in New Orleans on St. Charles Avenue. It's 3811 St. Charles Avenue. You can find it online as well, I believe, at thecollinshotel.com. Or so you could Google the word Collins. It's spelled with an N. Somewhere in there. I actually Googled it, spelling it with two L's, and I found it just and fine. And that came up just fine. Okay. Well, maybe it's some sort of WikiLeaks. We were going to look it up, but then we uh, forgot to. So you found it okay. Yeah, we found it okay. Have you been yeah. here before? No, but it's very nice. It's beautiful in here, yeah, isn't it? Is it? There's all sorts of people staying here, too, who we could sort of deal into the conversation, but we're sort of um, running out of time. I just wanted to ask you about, uh, about the other uh, s- strand of your life, Jack, which is sick like Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know, what, first of all, why the title, Sick Like Sinatra? You would have just... to ask the guy who put the act together. I just came in on that. Uh, oh, you're like a hired hand. Right, yeah, I do guitar and uh, dancing and backup singing. and It's crazy. We uh, make love to aliens and robots and kill Mickey Mouse on stage. You may have just answered my question because... <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to was. ask a question. No, go ahead, but well, what was the question with the aliens legs. robots? No, it was before the oh, aliens. I think that, that's oh, the okay. answer that tells me. Right. Like most people with a mother my age yeah. who loves Sinatra. Right. And I was going to ask if it's an act or a show that I could bring my mother to. It. Oh, no, no. This is very <laughs> X-rated stuff. <laughs> okay. That wasn't the question that I was asking. Well, that, well, that's what the sex with the aliens told me. If she, if she like likes uh, skin-tight uh, spandex, spandex bodysuits, yeah. she might like it. We become superheroes near the end of the show. 
So it's a, it's a real show. It's it, yeah, that's all it is. It's uh, Everything's pre-recorded except for the guitar and uh, some of the vocals. But there's a show, it's a show in the theatrical sense. It's, it's completely sense. stage show, yeah, that's the whole point. And of what, it. Is, what happens at a Sick Black Sinatra show? You just have to come and see. It's <laughs> yeah, impossible just, to describe, really, honestly. It's a, it's I'm not trying show. to be pretentious here. It really is impossible to describe. And who's the genius behind it? That would be uh, Ted Dunaway. He's, um, he's the lead guy. Right, one. he's sick himself. He's sick himself, yes. Where can I see? This show. Uh, January 21st will be at Bank Street Bar. Okay. And, then, and is it online somewhere? Yeah. Um, I think I just made a Facebook page for it. Uh, there's also a MySpace if anybody remotely okay. still uses that. No. no yeah, I don't know. Don't. Well, it's interesting what's happening to MySpace versus versus Facebook. MySpace still has its function, especially for music. Not really. It's too convoluted. It's yeah, they, they've tried to integrate so much to look like Facebook that. Uh, all of the functionality that I used to use it for, like whenever I would book tours uh, for my own act, uh, it would be so easy. You just plug in the zip code and it shows you all the shows that are happening within a 100 mile radius of that zip code. Now you can't do that. Uh, so that was really the only reason I was still using it for the past couple of years was well, because of that. And so they've, once taken, that away, was gone, they've taken away the one functionality that was any good. Right. And I mean, you know, it used to be great for promotion back in the day around like 06, 07, but now it's just promoters promoting to other promoters. So it's a waste <laughs> it's of like, time. It's, it's like Graham's agents for travel agents right. talking about mm. things that they're not allowed to say. Right. So. So you don't use you don't use MySpace anymore. I don't. No. So are other musicians finding that that's the formal way and using Facebook instead? Uh, yeah, more and more are moving over to that. And you can post a whole video like they do on Facebook. Right. I mean on MySpace. Yeah. The whole yeah, thing. You can post exactly videos the same. and stuff. Okay. Strangely, you cannot post songs anymore. Which. Uh, you can't post song, song right. on Facebook. Right. Well, that's what I'm getting at. That's why MySpace is cool because you can actually go in here. Right, except it's so convoluted that nobody really wants to use it anymore on a personal level. So there's really no point unless you're trying to, say, get booked at a venue that still, for some reason, use uses MySpace. So why wouldn't Facebook let you put a song up there now? Then? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you'd have to ask them. <laughs> They're very hard to get an answer out of Facebook. I can't even let the, get them to let me use Happy Leaks right. without giving them a... Uh, a cell phone number. Right. Which I'm very, very strange business practices. Yeah, very, very over there. strict on that. But, um, but anyway, so Sick Like Sinatra is available online for anyone to go take a look at, seeing right. you can't describe it. Right. And and what about your music? That's available online too. At, yeah, at jacklock.com. Is, is that how you spell it? J-A-K-L-O-C-K-E.com. J-A-K-L-O-C-K-E.com. And I highly recommend that as a website. It's a fascinating, bizarre site that you've put together. Thank you. There was lots of great music and lots of really weird stuff that you did yourself, I believe. Yeah. Which is very if it's on the site, chances are good that I did most of it. You're a very impressive, uh, multi-talented guy. And you are Thank too, you. Albert. Thank you. Even though it's only has four strings at Yeah, best. I know. Do you think this MySpace Facebook... Um, issue you've been discussing has any relationship to the WikiLeaks? I mean, if you can't put your songs on Facebook and you can't print the government's secret documents on your website, I'll tell you what, what, is this what a trend freedom, that we're fearing what here now? What freedom do we have I left in America? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my songs on WikiLeaks. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for publicity. Kerry, right. if people wanted to find out more about you, Kerry Couture, is there a place where they can go? Is there a site? Uh, we do not have a website. Um, I'm in the phone book. The state of Louisiana doesn't have a website where you can go and find out about the capital defense I'm, I'm, project. I'm not actually um, an employee of the state of Louisiana or okay. involved with the state agency. We are a private nonprofit corporation. 
funded by the state of Louisiana. But we have a private office on at 3801 Canal Street, and we're in the phone book, 595-8965. So if you know anyone who's killed somebody in the commission of a crime or a policeman, well, that's a whole other subject that we could get onto about policemen killing people in sub- New Orleans. But I mean, we really... We're out of time. Yeah, and they just say, I mean, the things that I do, I take very seriously, and although we jest about them sometimes, uh, I wish that I didn't have a job. Well, no one was killing anyone. That's a that's a nice thing to wish at Christmas. I still wish you'd have a job. Though. I'd like you to do something. Well, I, you could, I feel you like could work with Jack and Albert. You could promote their show. For I me. wish I didn't have a job I either. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But maybe I could learn how to work a board. Well, it shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> should it? You think I know? You think I know how to push a few buttons, Graham? If people wanted to find you, Graham DePonte, is there a way to find you online anywhere? Sure, you can friend me on Facebook or connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay, and it's, it's just D A P O N T. Spell it. Spell the whole thing. Graham like the cracker. DePonte, D-A-P-O-N-T-E. And then Lorenzo DePonte, of course. You can always look him up. He's got, you can Google him a lot better than me. He's got a lot of info about him as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys all Thanks. very much so for much coming down blast. here thank and being you. a part of It's New Orleans. Our, uh, our, show, our show was uh, recorded live and broadcast from the Columns Hotel in New Orleans at 3811 St. Charles Avenue. That is online. For sure. It's a beautiful, beautiful place here. It's gorgeous. It's like an antique, old-fashioned hotel. It has huge columns looking out uh, on St. Charles Avenue. That's why it's called the Columns Hotel, I'm sure. And a big balcony. You can sit and have a cocktail and watch the streetcar roll by. And uh, our show was produced by Tanya Castellanos and Trish Kaufman. Technical direction was by Mitch Cry. Music by Christian Unruh, who books the music. If you want to get on the show and uh, you're a musician, you can do that by writing to us. Or you want to be on the show as a guest, you can write to us at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Mitch Foreman is normally with us. He wasn't with us this week, but you can see him. You can find him online too at mitchellforeman.com and listen to all his great music. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you for being part of It's New Orleans. Thank you.